SAFM 104 to 107 Good to hear from you this morning, 86 uh, Let's talk a little bit about the NHI, the National Health Insurance Scheme. Such a big issue and uh, still going through the National Council of Provinces, as I understand it, been through already uh, the National Assembly, was passed. But uh, you keep bumping into so many people who oppose it, whether it's organized business, whether it's some of the unions are unhappy with it as well. Now, uh, another group of organizations, of Section 27, the Treatment Action Campaign and others, say that, in fact, they're big problems with the bill as it currently is. Sibiziswe in Ndlela is an attorney at Section 27. Sibiziswe, good morning. Good morning, Stephen, and good morning to the listeners. We've heard plenty of critiques and plenty of criticism for this bill from, uh, how do I describe this, people on the right, okay, representing uh, perhaps the better off in our society. Are you coming at it from another angle? What problems do you have with the proposed NHI bill? So perhaps I can just begin by saying that um, Section 27, as well as the Treatment Action Campaign, are in support of what is called universal health coverage, which is basically a position where the state is able to provide healthcare services to all categories of persons without any undue hardship. So ideally, that is what the position is. But unfortunately, the way in which our state has chosen to move towards the national health insurance has led to there being gaps, um, which we believe will undermine access to healthcare services for a, a large number of people, particularly those who are vulnerable. And we believe that it will do so in a way that undermines existing um, health rights from the constitution, as well as from legislation. You talk a little bit about some of the problems around how the legislation would work and who has the power to do what. From what I understand, part of your critique is that the minister would have quite a large amount of power in this system. Yes, that's correct, Stephen. We're concerned that a lot of powers and functions are centralized in the minister. And for example, what we specifically refer to is the governance of the National Health Insurance Fund. The fund is what is the entity that is separate, which is responsible for actually administering the funds that would then be used to provide healthcare services for people. Now, when I say that the um, powers and the functions are centralized in the minister, I'm specifically talking about how strategic appointments in the board, particularly of the NHI, are in the are basically in the province of the minister. And they're in the province of the minister without there being sufficient procedural and other safeguards to ensure exactly how these powers are to be exercised. Now, if I just make an example, if we look at the appointment of board members in the NHI, the the bill sets out some criteria, but that criteria is deficient. It fails to even include things like how a board member needs to be a person of honesty and integrity. And we know, obviously, that such criteria doesn't, in fact, equate to the person being appointed being of that standard. But it's something that's important that we can hold on to in the event that we seek to impugn individuals who are appointed. Now, in addition to that, you even have ad hoc panels which are responsible for actually shortlisting members. Those ad hoc panels there's no criteria in the the bill currently which sets out exactly how those members of ad hoc panels are appointed so the minister for instance could appoint whoever they want to appoint without sufficient 
and scrutiny being tied to how they selected those people. So those are some of the examples of the governance issues that exist in the fund. There are, of course, other issues. One such other issue is how the minister also has the power to dissolve the board. Now, we all know that that's quite a drastic measure, and it would need to make sure that those, um, or at least the, the use of that drastic measure, is accompanied by the requisite um, safeguards to ensure that that power to dissolve the board is exercised properly. Now, what we are seeing in the bill is that there aren't sufficient safeguards, which means that dissolution of the board could be something that could happen at a whim. And we're all aware of the type of political influences that are capable of creeping in when it comes to dissolutions and discharge of members of boards. What we're trying to say is we're saying this process of the dissolution of the board should include parliament as well to provide the necessary oversight in the process. And we're specifically selecting parliament as opposed to what the what the bill says. The bill says it wants cabinet to be involved. We want parliament to be involved because we believe that parliament is an entity which is capable of exercising oversight by virtue of the powers that it has from the constitution. For instance, parliament has select committees. It has the power to subpoena individuals to come before it to testify or to give evidence. And those powers are necessary in order to be able to exercise proper oversight in the process. So those are some of the, the bases that we are challenging the bill as it currently stands. Mr. Siswin Lele, thank you very much indeed. Attorney at Section 27.